Welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. I'm Sean York. With me is... I'm Hannah Gorham, and I'm so excited because we have the whole gang here together today. Today we have the leadership team from the Hidden Valley store, and let's go around the room and everyone introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Sierra Schuler. I am the marketing director over at Hidden Valley, and I have been with Chick-fil-A for two years now since I was 20 years old. And I'm Leah Russell, director of human resources. I've been at Chick-fil-A also two years uh, since I was 22. Hey, everyone. My name is Jake Davies. I'm the director of operations. I've been with Sean for almost six years now since I was 17. And you guys already know some of my story, but I'm Hannah Gorham. I started at Chick-fil-A five years ago, so I was 20. And you are, what are your role? Oh, I'm the executive director. So these are my people. Not just a podcast. Yeah, that's just what I do in my free time. You have an actual job. job. I thought this was all you did all day. (laughs) So we have the Hidden Valley team with us today, and they have a restaurant. No, they don't. Sure we do. (laughs) (laughs) So a little backstory on the Hidden Valley location. I have been there as the operator for... A little over three years, almost three years. Almost three years, October 1st. It had been an existing location for about 13 years when I took over. And so we came in and everything that we did at the crossings, we wanted to duplicate. All all of the culture that we had created there, we were going to try and, and duplicate at the Hidden Valley location. Now, that was about 10 years of building culture and building systems that we had to kind of deploy like immediately. It was a challenge. You know, I wanted to believe that the stuff that we were doing with culture, we could actually duplicate and that it would actually create a place where people would love their job. I didn't know if like three years later, Crossings would be a store where everyone loved their job and Hidden Valley would just would never would get there. And I, I wanted to believe that, that it would. So a lot of these things that we've done in the framework are, are things that we had to duplicate very quickly. So this group of people had to come a long way in a, in a short amount of time. But we're going to talk about these things today. So we have a lot of stories where we had to earn trust in a short amount of time. These stories are going to be different, but they are very similar in that they all come down to, you know, you're coming into the business and we have to earn trust right away. With that, this is the Love Works Here podcast, episode nine, Trust, part two. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework. But it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them. And we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York and love works here. Hannah, when I think of somebody who sits down with team members and gets to know them and listens to their story, you come to mind as somebody who does that really well. It kind of is the role that I actually, like my title that I had to play. When I went to the director of talent and culture, it was jumping into a completely different store. And like my job was to sit down with leaders and team members that I'd never met and just kind of getting them to open up. So the shift back to Hidden Valley, when I took over as executive director, it was kind of crazy and a little strange because suddenly I was leading all these people that I had only ever worked alongside before. 
So I knew them a little bit, but I didn't really know them in any sort of like leadership capacity. And I certainly didn't know how to lead them yet. So it was really cool. I know we've talked in a previous episode, I think, about the Enneagram and I am a raving fan, but we I'm not We'll do a whole episode on Enneagram <laughs> sometime soon. Yes. But it doesn't have to be that. We have talked at the team lead table about love languages. We've talked at the director level at both stores and the Enneagram. We've done testing for that. But whether it's Myers-Briggs or, you know, whatever other kind of personality tests that there are out there, they are super valuable in finding out and even just making you realize that like each of the people that you lead are different. And so when we talk about knowing your leaders, I would say like at the ground level, you have to know like what things mean a lot to them and what things mean nothing. So I can't go to Jake and, you know, expect him to receive some things the same way that Leah might. So all of that, just personality tests, things like that. They're really, really valuable when it comes to knowing your leaders. In doing that, in 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 learning their love languages and learning their Enneagram and and learning how they respond to things, have you seen people that have opened up like after they've taken the test and they just become like embraced, like, wow, I didn't know that's who I was. And then it's just cool to see them. We've seen that at the deepest level at this table, I would say, because we know each other's Enneagram inside and out. We haven't got as deep at the team lead table with the Enneagram, so they don't know how much information I have about them. That sounds really weird and creepy. (laughs) But at the team lead table, it's more just knowing each other's love language. And again, it's nothing that we've ever prompted them to do team lead to team lead. It's really just as directors, how do we approach those? I remember a conversation between you and I when I took the Enneagram test. I had no idea what it was. I was making my way up into this role and you sat down and having discovered me being a two and understanding things that were important to me. And you kind of affirmed me and understand that I was important and that I was helpful and that I was contributing to the stores in ways that I didn't know. And being an Enneagram too, that was huge for me to hear from someone above me and someone that's like a leadership in a leadership position to me. So that was cool. Because I'm the nine, I'm the peacemaker. So a lot of times I'm officiating between two team leads. This person closed this way and I had to open and it was like this. But knowing their Enneagram numbers, I've seen the value. So there are certain types that even I, I get along with better. But to have them come and I have realized like their own value because... If I, oh my gosh, if we didn't have this person, could you imagine how much of a mess it would be if they weren't an Enneagram one and like needing to check every box and mark everything off? What would it look like? What would closing look like if it was just the Enneagram seven that was running things? So all of those, like it's absolutely made me see the team as a whole and the value of each part on that team. The next area where trust is built is entrusting leaders with big responsibilities. In the past, for years, we would do a cleaning day, like sometime in the summer where we would get everyone together and on a Sunday and do a huge, deep clean. And the business had grown so much to where we couldn't rely on just people coming in on a Sunday. We needed something consistent. And so I needed, I had this dream of like, man, can you imagine if we never had to do a cleaning day, if the store was just always clean? And I was like, Jake, I know you can figure it out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So when we came over at Hidden Valley, it was a totally different ballgame game for all of us really but especially when you had one store you built a lot of the systems yourself you've been doing it for a very long time and you started to entrust us to do that at Hidden Valley you really pushed me and motivated me to create this racking cleaning system to where we take the entire store we divide it into 12 sections we spend like four or six hours once a month sealing the tile so that at least once a year we just clean the store and make sure that it's top-notch and the way that we like it. And that put a lot of trust, not just in me, but made me realize how much trust you have in me 
to in our systems. Yeah, you did a great job, and I know that ever since then, it's been really cool to see. You know, I've walked up to Racky, and when when did this get clean? And and you know exactly when it did. It, oh, it got cleaned in <laughs> April. You know. Yeah, thank you. So, but the cool thing about it is it's scalable, and and as the business continues to grow in volume, we can just tighten those up and do things more frequently. But that system that you built was, has been awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. So, Sierra, you are the newest one to the role, and we do so many transactions and we'll, we'll occasionally make mistakes and you deal with all of those and you do that so well. And so gracefully. Oh, so gracefully. You. But I wanted to make sure that when we did, I just said, you know, we need to build this around you. And so I said, Sierra, whatever you think we should do. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a very empathetic person piggybacking on that Enneagram talk we just had. So I definitely put myself in people's shoes more often than not. I remember imagining the frustration of customers in this process of being reconciled. And after a lot of hard work and thought and a couple of different tries, it's been really fulfilling to see my ideas come to light and being able to work on them with you. Um, and it makes me feel fulfilled in that position as well. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm not always going to be in the business, so I need to know that whatever we give you, you own completely. And that's been such a cool way. To, it's your system. It, yeah. it really is yours. So with that, Hannah, you've been actually with this. It's so neat to see these leaders take ownership and I mean, we've seen so much of that really young people that just they want to, they take ownership of our systems and then ownership of training others. But you've been really instrumental in that in having those meetings where they feel empowered. Yeah. So I've gotten to play a cool role because I've experienced it myself. And then now I get to go to our leaders at the store and take in their input and have them see that same thing that Sierra was just talking about. Their ideas come to life. So we have team leader meetings. We have kitchen crew leader meetings. And for the first time ever, a couple, uh, like a month and a half ago, we had a front counter crew leader meeting. And for me, it was so cool to see these new leaders come in and get to sit around the table for the, their first time. And I mean, most of them were kids. These young adults were getting to hear these problems that we had presented and weigh in and talk to each other about them. And I remember at the end of the meeting, all of them came up to thank me for having had that crew leader meeting. And it was really mind-blowing because it was something that is necessary for the business and something that we really did need because they play that middleman role where they're assisting the team leaders but also coaching our team members. So something that was... I knew beneficial for the store to have them come up and thank me for getting to hear them out was really, really cool, very fulfilling for both parties. With kitchen crew leader meetings, I actually was interviewed for a school project by one of our kitchen leads. And just in passing, he had mentioned the fact that he was really appreciative of the fact that we did every other week take in their opinions, present them problems, and actually follow through with the solutions that they were presenting. And it's just been a really interesting thing to see all these young leaders that I like, I need in the business, that we all need in the business, who are doing a really phenomenal job and having people who are really excited for that. The next section that we have is building director roles out of leaders' strengths rather than just filling roles. Now, I'm going to put Leah on the spot here because we actually, Leah came in to the business and Leah's Hannah's sister. Spoiler alert. They are sisters. And I remember Hannah saying, I said, Hannah, do, do you think Leah's going to do good? And, and you said, she's going to do better than I am. Everyone's going to like her better than they like me. That's what always happens my whole life. And I have some unresolved issues we might have to talk about after. <laughs> so she came in and I said, okay, I trust you. And we brought Leah in. And in a, a pretty short amount of time, you became the marketing director. And I'll never forget, like, I think you were the marketing director for probably not, not two months. And like all the things that marketing directors do or the email, you had outsourced everything. And I remember being so impressed because I'm just like, like you've got people doing all these things. You, you delegated everything so well, but I knew that you were getting bored. And I just said like, 
I don't think I don't think Leah likes doing marketing because she's not doing any of it. She's gotten all these other people to do it. So. Tell me how, am I, am I right on some of that? You're pretty close there, Sean. Okay. <laughs> so we actually sat down uh, probably about a year ago now, was just about to graduate um, from college. And Sean, you kind of asked me, you know, like, what is it that you're doing right now? What do you like? We were just kind of having a one-on-one and we just kind of started diving into like talking about what the role was that I was doing. And I had such this conflicting part of me because on the one hand, I absolutely loved the people that I was working with. Hannah, I've really enjoyed working with you so far. Oh, I love it too. I really, I made really good friends there. I loved a leadership team. I loved just all the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, being able to like build systems from the ground floor up. I was having a great time doing this job, but on the other hand, there were so many things about this marketing role that just really weren't my cup of tea. I'm naturally very introverted. I'm not exactly the extrovert you'd expect in a marketing role. Like you said, I I would prefer to delegate. I'd rather organize the people and send them off than to be the one to step in and do all these different roles myself. So about a year ago, you asked me, you know, if your job never changes, if this is uh, if marketing director is all you'll ever get to do, how long do I have you for? And so I told him, I, I was just really honest. And I said, I don't know, maybe about three, maybe six months. That's not, then that's not good. (laughs) That's not a long time. I pushed back initially because I remember just, you know, you saying like, I could do this for a little bit longer and I'm just not happy with what I'm doing. And I'm just like, man. And for, you know, for you to say like, oh, I'm just not happy. And and I was kind of like, well, you need to figure it out. (laughs) But uh, that was my initial thing. And eventually I I said, you know, okay, let's find some administrative things. And we really built that the role from the ground up. Okay, what are let's cherry pick all the things that Leah wants to do and let's do those. But the big one was the schedule. And you know, we had we had talked about like that nobody I had never had anybody do the schedule but like two people. And so you came in and we're like, we're going to train Leah. And I started writing the schedule. Um, I started to dive into um, different parts of the business that I had never done before, where I feel like I really got a chance to like improve on things. And it's been a year now getting to do kind of this different role. I've dived in. Uh, I'm director of human resources now. Um, kind of this role we really just built from the ground up. There'd never really been that role before. So I've gotten to take on these things. And I really, really enjoyed it. And obviously here I am a year later, still loving my job. It was awesome. And I finally saw the power of like somebody doing, like you doing something that you're really good at and I was like okay she's not delegating it like she actually wants to do this stuff and we should have done all of that from the very beginning and so I've learned so much working with you but yeah I, I think if we could have done the whole thing over I think we would have learned a lot right off the bat well the next area that builds trust is treating leaders like family and I think just as leaders when we treat our team like family and inviting, inviting leaders into our home and spending time with them, that's something that uh, endears us as leaders to our employees. But Hannah, you've actually experienced where we have leaders in the store, and that means a lot to them as well. Yeah, I think Kahana's the kicker. She's our secret weapon. She's six years old, so stinking cute. But we actually have had a leader. I remember sitting down in the office and we were talking and they had formed their exit plan. They were ready to go somewhere else because they just felt like that they weren't moving forward and just kind of were at a loss because they like wanted to move forward, but they felt at a stalemate at our store. And this person was young and totally capable and had all the qualities of a leader, could absolutely go anywhere and apply and get the job. But one of the things that was holding her back, even before she knew anything about the path and momentum and all those things that we talk about, was the family aspect. So Sean had been bringing his kids by the store and she every time greeted Kana with a big hug and Kana squeezed it so tight and she was just saying, 
if I go anywhere else, there isn't a kahana. She was like, I won't get into another family. I won't see the kids. Like next time that I walk into work, like I'll never see somebody who's excited to see me like Kahana is. And that was like one of the selling points for why she was, she had stuck around for so long, even though she hadn't felt she was moving forward was because she was going to totally miss the, the York family if she moved. And she stuck around and she's a great leader now. She's just such a strong leader. So it's really cool. I'm not going to say that Kahana is my secret weapon, but you also, have a, you also have a wife, right? Yeah. So my wife actually, she is, Lonnie's the secret weapon and yeah. I always say, you can stay mad at me, but you're, you can't stay mad at Lonnie. She's too nice. Yeah, I, I got to jump in there. And I have this, I think my first or second outing as a team member. And it was one of the first times I've met you and your family. And we, it was a park day and we were playing a kickball game. And Lonnie and I were in the outfield together. And this pop fly shoots out towards both of us. And we both go for it. And I just kind of push Lonnie out of the way. We bump into each other. She falls on the ground. I get the catch. And you have this epic photo that you took of that exact moment. And Lonnie, I was so worried but and felt so horribly right afterwards. But Lonnie was just, she's always the best sport, the best spirit, no matter what's going on. And she was just happy that I made the catch. Yeah. So that was so funny. Everybody, I mean, and Jake's freaking out. You're a pretty new leader, and you're like, I just destroyed the boss's wife. Like, <laughs> but yeah, she jumped up, and uh, and she's tough too. So. Yeah, and I would <laughs> since then I've just grown uh, the real the friendship with you and your family, and that's been a special thing that's built trust, and it's been a great thing ever since then. We still talk about that kickball game. I vote that picture goes up on this Instagram post for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to bring it. I'll have to bring it back. <laughs> Let's see. The next area here that we talk about earning trust and gaining trust is holding leaders accountable to their best. And this is a tough one. This is a it's tough to do because our leaders, they become close to us. They become our friends. And sometimes it's tough to criticize them and give them tough, harsh, you know, tough love feedback. But man, what it does is really good. And, you know, Jake, you can speak to that. Tell tell me about that. Yeah. uh, So I, yeah, I was a new team leader at the time and I was closing and it was me and another leader, but I was kind of running the shift. And we, as we were taking the last bag of trash out to the dumpster, it was just full of coder. And if you don't know what coder is, it's just white flour. Yeah. Yeah, It's like flour. It's a white powder and it, it, the bag ripped going into the parking lot and it just got everywhere. And I decided they're, the team asked, you know, how should we, what should we do to clean up? And I just said, let's just spray it with water and just squeegee it out of the way, you know, just real quick and really easy. And we, you know, what you can do that with like lemonade and, you know, it, yeah, yeah. diluted and then, you know, yeah. And but I, I, I come in the next morning and the parking lot, this black asphalt is covered in just white everywhere. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It ruined the parking lot for weeks, probably. <laughs> I had to come to work every day. I couldn't, I, like, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine like what actually happened. Like I had to like, how did this actually, actually happen? And so I, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> you actually, you went to the senior leader and you got on them and they came to me and I felt so scared. Like you were, that you were so mad about it. And we, we met up and we talked and I apologized and one thing I really learned from that was to not cut corners on especially cleaning. That's like so important to food safety and everything. And you held me accountable to that. And and, and like Truett said, why not your best? And yeah. that's a great moment to where I learned uh, to always give your best and to not, not cut corners there. That's good. That's a great story. The, the next thing that we didn't talk about in the other 
the other episode, but it's very important, is you had mentioned this, Hannah. You had, this is something that you felt that had been uh, just a story where trust was gained. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I added a number eight myself, and it was just apologizing when I've messed up. So there's absolutely like a humility factor, and we talk about a Chick-fil-A servant leadership. And this one hits home for me because I have done plenty of making mistakes and messing up in the time that I've taken over the store. So that has been at this guy, these guys' level. So at the director level, I have had to apologize for just not leading well or for not leading at my best. Um, and at the team lead level too, like I have said things that hurt people, and they came up, and you know I didn't realize how it had come off. And there has been more than one time where. I've had to sit down and just apologize for the things that I didn't know I was doing or the things that I didn't know I was doing. Um, And it's always tough, but I would say that is one of the fastest ways to build trust is just coming to somebody humbly and saying, yeah, I messed up. That's good. Well, thank you so much. This has been good having you guys. And thank you for tuning in. This has been the Love Works Here podcast episode. Is it eight or nine? I think it's nine, but it's like episode eight, part two. Yeah, well... Either way, it's been fun. So anyway, well, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Love Works for Your podcast. Take care of yourself and be well. Mm-hmm.